Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. 183 is the difference of two square numbers. 32 squared minus 29 squared. What an interesting number fact. For Throwback Thursday, we're going to talk about our trick serves video. In the questions, we'll discuss why older players switch to funny rubbers, returning serves, and whether it's okay to use an unconventional grip. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeff, and good morning. Yes, it's, uh, uh, I don't know, these, these mornings are getting earlier, Jeff. It does seem quite early this morning, doesn't it? <laughs> it but, does. Um, yeah, we've had a couple of cold days here in Melbourne, but it's meant to be warming up, heading towards summer soon, so that's always good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a bit of, uh, bit of heat always um, livens you up a bit. It's true. It certainly does. Now, Alloys, we had a, a Pink Seals question of the day on our last show, which was, what is the furthest you have travelled to play table tennis? Yeah, we had some um, interesting, interesting responses from people. So everything from um, um, Ionzi, who said uh, five minutes to his local table tennis association, and uh, right through to Michael, who said he travelled 1,500 1, miles. So that is a long way, really, to uh, to play a game of table tennis. Other other people um, said, um, Sammy said, uh, from the UK to the USA, and thankfully came back with a medal. So well done, Sammy. Um, Mitch Allender said, New Caledonia. What a nice place to play table tennis. Um, Jake, yeah, Jake. It's travelled to Thailand. Shay has travelled to China. Eugene, not far, three hundred and sixty-five k's. That's that's a fair fair distance. Um, and uh, Rory said uh, three and a half hours driving. And Daniel said five hours by bus from uh, Boston to New York City. So yeah, so a fair few um, fair few uh, responses there. Um, just having a look uh, through the blog. And um, uh, and no, we've had lots of, had lots of uh, uh, discussion on the blog there, but uh, not much about the, the distance to play table tennis. Yes, yes, because um, we brought this question up because you went to Belgium, Alois. Yes, and that was a long hike, and um, I'm still suffering a little bit, still uh, still trying to get over it. But um, the yeah. old jet lag. Uh, well, yeah, whatever it is, jet lag, tiredness, who knows? Just, just changing time zones, yes. All right. Well, the Pink Seals question for today is, Adam Bobro, ITTF commentator, do you like his style? So jump on the Facebook page, leave your comment or on our blog, as other people have done, and leave your thoughts. Adam Bobro, do you like his commentary? We really want to hear your thoughts on this. If you haven't heard him, go to the ITTV site, which you can find on the ITTF.com website and listen to his commentary. All right, Alois, what happened on this day? Uh, good birthday, Nadia Comaneci. So the, the, um, the famous Romanian gymnast um, scored perfect 10. So it's her birthday today. So... Um, yeah, I do remember watching that Olympics and uh, and seeing her score those perfect tens and thinking, oh my goodness! And uh, and she actually had the the scoring system changed 
because of it. Well, she didn't want to change it, but uh, the judges and the officials of gymnastics decided to change it because of um, those perfect tens. So Nadia Comaneci's birthday. And a mention, so in um, a lot of parts of the world, it's still um, November the 11th. And that is uh, Remembrance Day. So uh, remembrance for the uh, the end to the hostilities of the First World War. So um, very special day, an important day for a lot of people there as well. Indeed. Very good. All right, Alois. It is Thursday here. So we have our segment called Throwback Thursday. What old video do you have to talk about today? Uh, yes, it's one of one of our favourites. It's the Trick Serves video, and it's we've got a link there. So what you need to do is you need to go and watch that Trick Serves video, and yeah, give us a rating. You know, what do you think? Any good? No good? You know, a bit of the Adam Bobro, this or this. Um, so um, so yeah, get on there, have a look at uh, the Trick Serves video. We've got a link. Um, yeah, you know, like Jeff. Jeff does all right in some some of those tricks. He's, he's okay. <laughs> Thanks, Alois. Now, on this video, we often get a lot of questions because there's a couple of serves where the ball bounces on one side, bounces on the other, and spins back over to the net. And people are like, if that happens, is it legal? And it certainly is. You are allowed to do it. So, yes, you can't get the ball to bounce on your side, on their side, and back onto your side. Um, What usually happens, though, is that people won't use it in a a match situation because you have to do it too slowly so the ball has to bounce um, a little bit higher to uh, to be able to come back and um, so if you've got a reasonable sort of opponent they'll just run up to the net and go crack and smash it back at you but uh, it is a good party trick though yes and I guess it's like aiming for the edge like people don't do that in a game either because they're not good enough at hitting the edge every time or even if you perfected this one so it just bounced over and bounced back, you're not going to be able to do it 100% of the time. And as soon as you serve one fault, your odds are coming down. And just with a normal serve, you're going to win a, a high percentage of serves anyway. So the maths don't really stack up with a lot of these trick serves. I don't know. We've got some pretty good ones there, Jeff. <laughs> All right. Well, next time we're playing in a match, you can start using them. <laughs> I've got a few new ones that have got up my sleeve when I'm playing you, though. All right. Excellent. Now, Mike D has jumped on and asked a question using the Google Q&A app. And he says, hi, guys. I noticed since my return to table tennis last year that some older players have switched to long or short pips when they have been playing with smooth rubber most of their lives. Why do you think that sort of switch occurs with older players? Yeah, so a couple of couple of things, really. So one is that... Um, because uh, players might be a little bit more forehand dominant uh, when they when you're younger, you can move around a bit more. Um, whereas as you start to slow down physically, and especially with the legs, then you need to be able to do a little bit more on the backhand side. And if you're not that confident on the backhand, um, the short pips or the long pips can add some variation there. And the other thing is that, especially with the long pips, it just slows the ball down a little little bit and slows the rally down. So when someone's attacking fast at you, you can slow the ball down with that with those long pips. So um, so that's a couple of the reasons why um, some of the players, as they start to get older and slower, um, move to the long pips and the short pips in particular. Yeah, good answer. 
Now, Ilya has also asked a question using the Google Q&A app. He said, I can effectively use the banana flip against weaker players, but against stronger ones, I lose more points than I win with the flip. Moreover, a a coach told me that this shot is not my level and I should forget about it. So should I really give up on it? Um, interesting. I, I, think, I think it's worth uh, practicing and, and thinking about using for later on. But perhaps it, it, you're just not um, strong enough at banana flip at the moment um, against the higher level serve. So against the lower level players, their serves aren't going to be as strong. So maybe uh, the ball's sitting up a little bit higher or a little bit less spin and it's easier to do that stroke. Um, against the better players, it might be a little bit more difficult because of their advanced serve and, you know, able to put more backspin perhaps or uh, place the ball better, keep it lower. But um, I think it's it's something that you can think about uh, developing uh, for later on. But I think your coach is right in, in so far as it's important to be able to play a basic return first, to be able to push the ball short or flick the ball um, um, first. Um, and so maybe he, he wants you to just stick to some some more of the basics rather than thinking about the little bit more advanced and uh, and tricky type of strokes. Okay, gotcha. So really it's a balance of, um, you know, playing for now and trying to win some matches and then also having some longer-term goals and things that you're going to work on in practice that will get your game to a, to a better level. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, Jeff. So, yes, that's right. It's, it's now versus the future and... Um, and also the opponents that you're playing against. Yeah, good one. Okay, there you go. Hopefully that helps you out, Ilya. So don't give up on it totally, you know, but really focus on those basics as well. Make sure you've got a really good shore return push and and some other basic returns first. But, you know, some practice on that shot certainly going to be beneficial in the long run. All right. Eugene says, I'm a right-hander and I have a problem receiving left spin serves like the tomahawk the reverse pendulum serve and the backhand serve as well that come to my forehand. When the left spin comes to my forehand, my wrist becomes uncomfortable because I have to lay it back. So what tips do you have for Eugene? Uh, Eugene, I feel your pain. So as a left-hander, I have the opposite problem. So the right-hander serve, the tomahawk serve that comes into me here, I don't like it or the backhand serve, the same thing. So it's it's all to do with um, the direction of the spin or the direction of the curve. So for me, I don't like that ball coming into my, um, into my forehand this way. So Eugene's talking about as a right-hander, not liking that serve coming into his body um, here because um, to... to uh, counter that that spin, you really need to uh, get your angle, the angle of your your, your bat right, and and cover the ball. So it's it can just be an awkward sort of contact. That's what I find. I find the contact is a little bit awkward, and I do tend to tighten up a little bit. Um, and that's um, quite a little bit psychological as well. So as soon as I see that serve, I can feel I can feel myself tightening my hand and trying to do too much there. So the thing that I focus on is really trying to relax my fingers in particular. Um, so here, so that I can start to use, utilize my wrist a little bit more so that I can come around that ball and, um, and get over it. Um, I find, I find I tend to, 
um, when that ball's coming in this way, tend to cover the ball a little bit too much here. So as a right-hander, I tend to do this a little bit too much and I don't get a good contact on the ball. So I just need to open that angle out so I get a better contact on the ball. So so the first thing is relaxing those that grip, um, then opening the wrist out a little bit so that you can come over, over the top of that ball properly. Mm, interesting, Alois. Uh- because you're a left-hander and because the pendulum serve was so popular, that's the ball that spins away from you as a left-hander and you seem to not mind that one. And also, I'm a right-hander. I don't mind that ball coming into me. That one, and again, probably because I've received a lot of pendulum serves, seems much more com- comfortable. I don't like the one that spins away, whereas you're used to receiving the one that spins away and you like that. So I've got this theory, Alice, that it's probably just a matter of practice. It's probably you haven't received that serve as much. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, it, I suppose, you know, a lot of our uh, things come back to that, isn't it? It's, it's about how much you've been exposed to that and how much you've practiced it. So you, you're right. I'm used to receiving the right-hander serve that's coming across my body and going away from me, um, whereas I, I'm not as used to receiving that tomahawk serve which wasn't used as much when I was playing a lot but interestingly when I when I think back I remember when pendulum first uh, serves first started getting uh, becoming popular I do remember having problems with that ball swinging away from my forehand initially Um, and it was a long time ago Jeff a long long time ago but I do remember it so um, yeah so I think you are completely right it's a matter of uh, practice. It's a banner of exposing yourself to that type of serve as much as you possibly can. Great. All right, Eugene. So try out some of those tips that Alois has suggested and then see if you can get someone just to serve you lots and lots of those types of serves so you can get better at returning them. Good luck. All right. Um, Venk has asked the question. He says, some of my opponents are doing side spin service nearly at the net height, so almost touching the net. If I return with a chop or a push, they can smash it easily. Can you please tell me what would be the best way to return this type of short serve? Yeah, so Vink, um, off, off a short serve, usually a, a push is the, is the right way um, to go, but it sounds like you just need a little bit more touch or feel with that with that. So if the ball's going up too high, then you're going to give your opponent an opportunity to make that um, uh, attacking shot. So especially if, if it hasn't got much uh, backspin or, or topspin on it, um, you need to just come down on the ball a little bit more. So rather than um, lifting it up or pushing it up, just really come down and almost absorb the pace on the, um, on the serve. And ju- you're just going to put a little, little bit of backspin on the ball as well. So um, definitely really focus on keeping that, trying to keep that ball lower and shorter. And and again, it's a matter of um, practicing that and just trying to um, see how low you can keep the ball. So there's not much difference between getting the ball this high over the net and that high over the net, you might think, but the that little increase in the height makes a big difference to your opponent's ability to be able to attack it. So, so really start to focus on keeping that ball as low as you possibly can and just, just try to get it just over the net. 
Yeah, great. And I've got a couple of additional things here, Alois. We have a great video, Keeping the Ball Low, which gives you um, a little tool for working on keeping the ball low over the net. So I'll put a link in the show notes to that. So check that out, Venk. And secondly, I guess that's great, Alois. And, you know, we're talking about longer term here. We really need to develop that short push, and it is important. But if you're playing a game and you're struggling and, and the ball's just always going high, then you need to change something up if you really want to win that match. So maybe you need to think about maybe just pushing the ball long and wide, just changing something up just to give your opponent something different to look at. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I think we did we talk about that in the last show? Yes. Um, yes. So, yeah, just, um, yeah, varying, varying your tactics a little bit. The long push can be a little bit more effective if that short push is going high and your opponent's attacking you. Great. Again, yeah, it's a balance, isn't it, between long-term and short-term. All right. Randall has a question. He says, is it completely wrong to use a grip that isn't the two most common grips, so not the pen hold or the shake hand? I play with my four fingers on the handle and my thumb pointed up on the back. Is it still better to go against all my muscle memory and go with a more standard grip? Yeah, um, good question. Um, I think there's some basics as to as to the grip. So um, let's go back a step. So the grip is really, really important. So I think I think a lot of people tend to forget about it, especially when they're learning the basics. Um, and you know the, the the change in the grip between um, doing this and doing this, for example. Okay, so turning the bat in your hand a little bit um, is quite marked. So especially if you're if you're um, trying to play forehands with this grip, or if you're trying to play backhands with a really um, uh, turned grip around the other way, so a forehand grip, it can make a big difference. As can things like putting your thumb up on the on the back of the bat on the front of the bat. So if you're putting your thumb up, again. There's, there's something that's happening there with your hand that will be detrimental. And what, what tends to happen is when you put your thumb up, you're going to tighten your wrist a little bit here. And so by tightening your wrist, you're going to lose flexibility. Also, it's, it's more difficult to play your forehand. Um, it can be more control with the backhand because you've got that thumb on the back. It can be more control, but again, you've uh, given up some of the flexibility in your wrist by putting your thumb up there. So um, the, I suppose the grips have been developed over time um, and people tend to use them be, not because they're um, just because they're popular, but I think they've developed because they are efficient. And that's, um, that's, a, that's just a way that um, players have developed over, you know, hundred years of playing table tennis. But, let me also say, don't necessarily always stick to the rules with those sort of things. It's, it's, I really like the, the, the fact that you're um, challenging and you're, you're thinking about different options. Um, so, yeah. So, but I would say think about keeping that, that thumb down on, on the bat um, because of the wrist. But, you know, don't be afraid to try different things. If it absolutely works for you, Give it a go for a little while. 
Yeah, sure. Now, the other thing, Randall has four fingers around the handle, so no finger on the back of the bat. Now, I would think it's pretty important to have the finger on the back of the bat for feel. Alois, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, um, yeah. again, that's that's a, a good point. So the reason we have that finger there is because we, um, firstly, it helps you to establish the turn in your hand there. So if you don't have that finger there, it's much easier to turn your handle around and to change the angle of your racket. So um, by having that there, you have a much better idea and much better sense of the angle of your racket um, by doing that. So um, now again, let me let me say this. That is what is standard, but I do have a little theory that maybe down the track somewhere, the better players are going to start um, using this a little bit less so that they can just change that grip uh, quickly and uh, and spin the ball harder and faster. But maybe down the track when, when the game gets a lot faster or something like that. I'm still not convinced about that one, Alice, but we will see. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, Krishna... As basically the same question, but Krishna um, says that he keeps two fingers on the back of the bat. So if one finger is good, isn't two fingers twice as good? Ah, no, not quite, not quite. So um, again, the the reason that the two fingers isn't necessarily as good is because the more fingers you've, you've got there, the, the tighter you become in your wrist. Just try it for yourself. So so if you can have that finger there, it's a little bit easier to keep it relaxed when as soon when you put that other finger up it just tightens a little bit more in your in your wrist um and you don't really need the second finger there so that that first finger gives you all the um sensory uh feedback that you really need as to where the where the bat is but let me let me go let me come back to that basic point again though getting your grip right is really really important like um we we've got the, I mean the, the first lesson in our uh, sets of uh, strokes and technique lessons is on get a grip, and I find that a lot of players actually think ah oh, that's easy skip that one let's let's have a look at the more exciting uh, lessons down the page um, I can already hold the bat but it is important to go back just check out that video and just check that you're doing things. Um, correctly, because if you don't have that basic, then when you when you start to try to learn the top spin and the push and the smash and all those sorts of things, that can make a huge difference later on. So um, it is worth going back. It might sound really simple and basic, and um, I'm already past that. But trust me, uh, just go back. And just check. I mean, you might be doing it perfectly, which is great, but just check. There might be a few little tips in there that uh, that will really help you. Great advice, Alloys. And what a good way to finish episode 183 of the Ask the Coach show. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Make sure you visit pingskills.com and sign up as a free member. Then you can watch all of our strokes and techniques videos and receive our free weekly email. Thank you again, everybody, and thank you, Alloys. Thanks, Jeffrey, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Yes, we Bye. will. And tomorrow morning, Alloys, is Friday Funnies. Now, this segment was so popular last time we did it, and everyone loved the joke. 
but we're going to need some help. So I might put something on the Facebook page to ask for some jokes, some table tennis jokes. Um, you know, it was so good, Alois, that my son suggested that I create a second spin-off podcast called Jeff's Friday Funnies. Uh, yeah, well, it, it actually might be appropriate that tomorrow is Friday the 13th for your funnies. <laughs> Indeed. All right, we'll see if you can help me out, people. Jump on our Facebook page and let me know if you've got any jokes that uh, I should tell. All right, thanks, everyone, and we will catch you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.